Shall I abandon, O king of mysteries, the soft comforts of home? Shall I turn my back on my native land, my face towards the sea? Shall I put myself wholly at the mercy of God, without silver, without a horse, without fame and honor? Shall I throw myself wholly on the king of kings, without sword and shield, without food and drink, without a bed to lie on? Shall I say farewell to my beautiful land, placing myself under Christ's yoke? Shall I pour out my heart to him, confess my manifold sins, and beg forgiveness, tears streaming down my cheeks? Shall I leave the prince of my knees on the sandy beach, a record of my final prayer in my native land? Shall I then suffer every kind of wound that the sea can inflict? Shall I take my tiny coracle across the wide, sparkling ocean? O King of glorious heaven, shall I go of my own choice upon the sea? O Christ, will you help me on the wild waves? Well, hello, everybody. Uh, Dwayne and Ben here. Hello. In the These Days podcast, where we are seeking to uh, share together, uh, rather than theology for the people, Christian history, the stories of Christians uh, for the people. That's right. Yeah, because uh, we live in a time uh, where it's really easy to uh, forget that we're not the first people on the planet or the first Christians on the planet, and that... Uh, things have happened before, and God has done things before, and it just might have something to do uh, that we can learn, uh, and not only learn, but experience a different way of living in this time. So um, just want to remind everybody, this is early in the new year, and this is the perfect time, uh, even though Christmas is over, to remind everyone that you love them and share the These Days podcast with them. That's right. Um, uh, it, it's yeah. a great New Year's resolution. It, yeah, perhaps well, your New Year's resolution yes, yes, is yeah. to catch up on the These Days podcast uh, and share it with friend and foe alike. Yeah, yes. Yeah, although, although once you the share, foes don't like it. And then, uh, once you share it with your foes, yeah, just they're going to be give your them friends. our address. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that that'd be fine. But here we are in this uh, spare Oom Studios, and uh, Ben, why don't you tell us uh, what that really interesting uh, opening was from? Yeah, so that's a prayer of Saint Brendan. Hmm. St. Brendan of Ireland. He's also known as Brendan of Clonefort hmm. and Brendan the Navigator. Oh. Yeah, he's famous for seafaring, if you couldn't tell from that hmm. uh, prayer. And uh, St. Brendan is a really interesting guy. He was born around the year 468 AD. Oh, wow. Near Tralee, Ireland. Yeah. Um, not quite sure exactly when he was born, but somewhere around there. And, um, and he was born uh, to the Aldridge clan, which was... Like the the group of it's a tribe of Irish people that huh. lived around Tralee. So they somewhere. had clans like the Scots. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah. In fact, I don't think they really. It was just the Celts. Did they, they wear kilts? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. know because that's all all the Scots, the Welsh, 
Irish. They're all Celts, right? Yeah. Yeah. All Celts and kilts. Yeah, Celts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Brendan was born around four four eighty six to parents. I love these names: Kara and Finlug. <laughs> Finlug. What a great name. I uh, I, I, I go by Finn for short. Finn or yeah. or like I think that's a great name for a pet. Like if you have a dog. Yeah. Finlug. Yeah. Although if you're it's Irish, Lug. If you're Irish and you in Finlug is a common name for you, many apologies from the These Days yes, podcast. Yes. Um, Although my mom used to call me something like that. Oh, really? She called me a big lug. That's a little different. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, so anyway, at this time when he, when St. Brendan was born, Ireland was already really connected to Christianity, uh, St. Patrick. And some other saints had really Christianized, mm. evangelized the whole nation, and what, most really, yeah, uh, most settlements and villages were connected to a monastery of some kind. Hmm. At this point, that goes way back. That I didn't realize Saint Patrick went back that far. Yeah, perhaps I don't hmm. know. We can't make any promises, but perhaps we'll do an episode on Saint Patrick around uh, Saint Patrick's Day. Hey, there you go. That'd be fun. It's coming up. Yeah, we could have a pint of Guinness and talk. Wait, well, no, we can't. Okay, uh, wait, is Guinness? Yeah, Guinness is Irish. Yeah. What? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So we it could is. have a yes, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yes, we could have is. a pint of Guinness and talk about. And Saint Oz Patrick. Guinness, his famous Christian uh, social critic. Yeah. Yes. yes. Is is part of the Guinness family. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. I was actually noticing earlier. You have almost an entire shelf of Oz Guinness over I here. I do. He wrote so many books. Yes. Um. So uh, a book a year around around uh, Brendan's uh, day of birth when he was born. Uh, all these people connected to his birth had these intense spiritual significant spiritually significant dreams so his mother had a dream really? that um yeah that um she was feeding brendan but instead of milk coming out it was gold because he was like supposed to be so um uh spiritually or so important so significant in the kingdom and then the bi- local bishop there in Tralee, and a guy named Irk. <laughs> which is another great name. A Bishop Irk. Irk. Yeah, E-R-C, Irk. Uh, had a significant dream. He, he he had a dream that the whole of Tralee, the whole settlement and the whole surrounding area was was uh, on almost like on fire, but it was just like a concentration of angels on the night of his birth wow. and knew that it was because a special child was being born. And so he took Brendan under his wing and started teaching him the Bible. Hmm. And he was raised by, like, you know, he's raised at home, but he was raised sort of by this bishop and by the church and uh, became a priest. He was ordained wow. a priest by Bishop Irk. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> and uh, That really irks me. And then <laughs> after that, he studied under the famous St. Finian at Clonard, which was a famous school, uh, monastic school. And they it, it was said that around this time, over 3,000 scholars were studying at the school at Clonard. Really? And, yeah, and St. Finian... Uh, was known as like one of the you know he would mentor and disciple young priests mm. and people, uh, and this group of people who gathered around him was known as the Twelve Apostles of Ireland. So it was fame. It was common for saints and abbots and bishops and stuff. Mm. What they would gather disciples, but they would gather specifically twelve disciples to emulate the example of Jesus. So they would have they would have a group of twelve young. Christians that they were sort of teaching and training and 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 stu- oh. helping them study. So Brendan was one of his. He was one of his, okay. but this particular group around St. Finian became known as the 12 Apostles of Ireland because they all had such a significant impact on uh, Irish culture and history mm. and the movement of the gospel in Ireland. 
So uh, Brendan was one of two Brendans in that group called the Twelve Apostles of Ireland. Really? I wonder if the other Brendan got jealous. Maybe. I think uh, our Brendan, Brendan the Seafarer, or Brendan the Navigator, was the younger of the two Brendans. Huh. So while, one day, while they're all at St. Finian's house eating a meal, this mystical vision appears in front of the Twelve. Now, uh, w- w- I, I would say, is that in the realm of possibility for those who believe in an active spirit of God? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, but I will also say, has the account of Brendan's St. Brendan's life and voyages and journeys been mythologized and embellished? Absolutely. Uh, so uh, so some of these things um, we only have one, like one account of, and it's clearly an account where some other things are embellished, mm-hmm. so it's hard to tell what's been embellished. But here's how the story goes. Okay, So there's a vision of a magical flower that appears in the middle of this group of 12 apostles eating dinner at St. Finian's house, their teacher oh, and the, leader. The, the, the peop- the apostles are eating the not five, the, not, yeah, the, the, not the flower. No, the five, okay. the five or the twelve apostles, and and then this flower appears, and um, it becomes clear to all twelve that we must journey to the homeland of this flower, the place this beautiful flower comes from. We must go there. This this hmm. flower that's come from paradise into our world. We must go find this paradise place that it comes from, and and the person who's going to do it is Brendan. But what they mean is Brendan the older, not Saint Brendan. But it turns out that St. Brendan, Brendan the Navigator, sort of just takes on this mantle and is like, well, actually, I'm the Brendan. I'm going to go find it. I'm going to be sort of the, huh. the, the adventurer and go seek out this thing. So Brendan becomes a seafarer, and he starts out in all these little um, journeys, missionary journeys, really, where he's either meeting other communities of monks or sometimes starting communities of monks. Hmm. Uh, he goes to the Aran Islands. He goes to the island of Himba, also called Argyle. He goes to Wales. He goes to Brittany, hmm. which are pretty long journeys in those days when all you have is a little wooden and leather boat. Yeah, you know what I thought uh, when you said uh, the, about the prayer he had about the cornicle and all that? Mm-hmm. Reap a cheap. The in, coracle, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, he rides a, cornic, uh, a coracle, yeah. coracle in uh, the uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. Not to keep referring back to that. But, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, everything, everything. Yeah, yeah. It seems but this to me was, that, he was a bigger guy than Reaper Chief. Everything in life, this is what I learned growing up from, from you, Dad, is mm-hmm. that everything in life relates back to C.S. Lewis in one way or another. Uh, we're in trouble. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that's interesting. Uh, um, so anyway, St. Brendan becomes a seafarer and starts mm-hmm. going on the seas. And he's like in his 20s at this time. And then he becomes uh, the Aber- abbot, not Abbot, abbot at uh, the ab- at the abbey well, at Clonefort. By Eric, it could have been the abbot. Abbot, the yeah. abbot of Clonefort, the uh, abbot of the abbey at Clonefort, and uh, which is where? Which is somewhere in Ireland. Okay, yeah, somewhere yeah. in Ireland. Yeah. So the, it's not Wales, like one of these places no, he traveled. No. Okay. This is why he's also known as the abbey, or the uh, he's also known as Brendan of Clonefort because he was the abbey. Uh, Abbot at the Abbey there. Ah. Whew, lots of abs. And, uh, and he, uh, he became the abbot and was leading this, um, this monastic community. But he kind of got, seems to have gotten kind of restless in monastic life. Um, even as the abbot, when he's like leading this community, he spends an entire Lent season on a high peak overlooking Bantry Bay. Hmm. And um, this, uh, this writer that I'm going to mention later, Michael Mitten, writes uh, this really evocative picture of um, Brendan on the cliff overlooking Bantry Bay. And from there, he can see Skellig Michael. 
You know what Skellig Michael is, Dad? No. Skellig Michael is a big rock island that comes out of the Atlantic on that side of Ireland. It's very, very stormy, very windswept, lots of waves. And there are famous beehive huts made of stone on this uh, rock where... These monks in this part, this time of uh, of Brendan's life, yeah. monks had gone to build these little beehive huts and to um, they made them out of stone, made them out of stone, and to wow. give their lives as uh, what they called martyrs to prayer. Mm-hmm. And they were at the very edge of the sort of sort of the western edge of what they knew of at that time of this island out in the. Atlantic that you can sort of see from the shore mm-hmm. and they in their understanding they were praying back and holding back the waters of chaos from erupting over Ireland. Interesting. So they were like doing prayer battle with the, the forces of chaos on oh. Skellig Michael. So they'd, they'd given up the comforts of life to live in this very rocky, austere place. Mm-hmm. And you know what Skellig Michael is famous for these days, Dad? What? Uh, the new series of Star Wars movies... Do you remember when the Force Awakens, when they go find, at the very end, they go find, find Luke? Luke? That is island that really? with the beehive huts. Are you kidding that me? That is Skellig Michael. So those are the actual beehive Those are the left? actual ones that, yeah. Oh, the, my so the, word. the Jedi monastery or whatever that is ruined at the end, yeah. you know. And that he, I mean, it's find prob- him in. probably the worst of the three. But anyway, th- th- yeah. The, yeah. That's, that, that's, where they, that's where they filmed it, Skellig Michael. Wow, I had no idea. That's amazing. So anyway, uh Brendan is already a seafarer, and he's the abbot of this monastery, but he's clearly feeling a bit restless. And somewhere between the years 512 and 530, he uh, begins this iconic, mythic, uh, very famous journey. It's a seven-year journey where he sets out with 14 companions, or some people say as many as 16 companions, but 14 companions on a seven-year journey to discover the island of promise that's connected to this flower that had appeared, right? From that so, vision. And when yeah. was the vision again? How many years before that? Uh, I don't, a lot. What? I don't know. Really? So he <laughs> like this thing was such impact, an impactful thing. He... Uh, yeah, it drove the rest of what he his life. Yeah, so they're they're looking for some kind of promised land, the island of promise, or some people would say Tiranog, which was a famous uh, Celtic understanding of what paradise was. Some people say he's looking for heaven. So some, they still haven't found where this flower came from. No. So okay. some folks are saying that they uh, that he's uh, looking for um, that like the island of of the saints, like where the saints go to. To have their rest after they die, like th- this idea of that across the water somewhere is a magical s- s- place. But if you read the accounts, he's clearly going sure to go find this like mythical paradise. But he's also going. Um, the, a big thing for him was just to explore God's big world. So there's this famous um, encounter. They have all kinds of encounters. They have uh, they see things that people haven't seen before. So things like whales, big whales, and pods of whales, and big oh, really? icebergs. There's a famous encounter where they find an iceberg, and um, they describe it, uh, or uh, Brendan describes it as like um, this ghostly white thing that's like hard as marble, and there and its color of silver, and all this to columns of pure crystal, hmm. and um, and and they get the they decide to go closer. And Brendan says, uh, as they are to, to tell them, like we should go closer. He says, "Let us inspect the wonders of God, our Maker." And that's wow. that's what he says to say, "Come on, let's go look closer." And they find a tunnel through this iceberg, and they they sail their boat really? through. Really? And for him, it was like this sort of reverent, holy 
exploration. Let us inspect yeah. the wonders of God. And our he had maker. no idea how dangerous it was. Right. I so, remember there were Titanic. Oh wait, that was a. So, <laughs> so he. Uh, so so for there's this idea of let's find the island of paradise, but also like let's go explore in a very reverent, God honoring way mm-hmm. and bring glory to God by discovering the world He's made. Right. And there's also this sense for him, too, of um, evangelism. There's places where they meet people and, and tell them about the, the gospel and try to mm. set up monasteries and stuff. So it's it's kind of all these things rolled into one, this seven-year journey. And they encounter all these amazing things, perhaps the most famous uh, of all of the encounters uh, that they have. And it's highly mythologized. So this is all written down in, in, a, in a work called The Voyage of Brendan, which was mm. a very popular work in the Middle Ages. Really? Yeah, yeah, very, very popular. You know, I think I have heard of that. Yeah, and so it's uh, it's like, it, you can tell it's like this thing probably happened, but it's probably also mythologized. So one of these uh, mythical moments, uh, they encounter this giant sea monster that they uh, named Jasconius, something like that. Just Jasconius, I think. Yeah. Um, giant sea monster. They mistake it for an island, and they set up camp on it to celebrate Easter. And when they light their fire, because at that time lighting a bonfire on Easter was like the thing you did in Ireland. It was mm. the, the way they celebrate Easter. So when I'm they sorry. light their bonfire, the sea monster wakes up, and they have to race for their boat to escape. Wow! So it's this uh, this uh, mythical encounter with this sea monster but they they many things that happen in the the um uh the voyage of brendan are highly mythologized but you can tell like the real thing they're based on Mm. so like uh you know the the mythology might say they encountered this giant mountain jutting out of the ocean and you're as you read you go oh that's an iceberg they found an iceberg yeah uh or like some people will say that you know the the sea monster was really just a whale they found a whale Mm. Just hanging out. Because there are no whales up in by Ireland. I don't know. Some... I think maybe not uh, to that degree or that yeah. size or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and and then perhaps even uh, on the seven year journey, uh, it's thought that they perhaps even made it to America. Really, eight centuries before Columbus. Wow. And this. Well, is... you know what that makes me wonder. I had a question. What did he do any surfing while he was here? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, you know, Columbus was in the Caribbean, so I mean, there's lots of that. Down I don't there. think they went all the way down to the Caribbean, maybe no. like Greenland or Nova Scotia or something. Oh yeah, surfing would be yeah, you a little bit with, cold without a wetsuit. No, so cold. they, uh, yeah, so the the legend says that they found the Island of Promise, that they found the Saints' Rest, they found really? the place they were looking for, but that Brendan was told by God or by an angel that uh, he, if he stayed there, he would just spoil it, so he better leave. Okay, so, and not. And not uh, sort of map where it is. Yeah, but so they describe this island of Brendan or this like this mythical green lush place, and there are people who think that this description is actually a description of America, Interesting. and that and that uh, he was he was there eight centuries before any other European, hmm. and uh, and the like the Brendan Society of Ireland like maintains that this is true, and is certain historians right? have shown that it is actually quite possible for this little coracle to cross the Atlantic Ocean. In fact, let's talk about the boat. Wait a minute, 16 people in a coracle? Yeah, wow. let's talk about this boat. It's a curragh boat, which is like a an Irish boat that's made of skin or hide stretched over a wooden frame. Oh so it's made gosh. of wattle. Do you know what wattle is? Nope. It's like, have you ever been to England and seen um, branch, like dried branches woven together to create a fence? Yeah. Yeah, it's that. 
That's waddle with skin stretched so, over. So they make a waddle frame of a boat with and that they went skin. three and a half and years they, and they, at least across the Atlantic. And then and they take they take uh, animal hides, stretch over it, and they soften the animal hides with butter, and um, and they they set out in this boat, probably about the size of this room we're in right now. Wow. With 16, 14, 16 people in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's been shown that this thing could have made it all the way to America. And the crazy thing is there's also some uh, people who say, and some some legends that say, that this boat was rudderless. It for oh, sure had a word. single mast in the middle to like catch some wind. Yeah. But it was, that rut, like couldn't steer. Because the the legend says that Brendan was dedicated to following the movements of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Uh, and so it, that's why he says, says this prayer. Because before he and his companions set out, they fast for 40 days. Hmm. Gather on the beach, pray, and get into the boat. So it's like, this is it. For them, it's not just an exploration journey. It's a spiritual journey. They're going to go and let God direct where they go. Do they have supplies and stuff like that? They have that? some supplies, but not hmm. enough for seven years. Wow, yeah. So they, they, are, they get in this boat, and they're just going to let God take them where he will without... They don't have a way to steer. Hmm. Uh, this is what the legend says anyway. Wow. And it would kind of fit with what we know of Brendan and the Celts. In fact, Brendan is a great example of something that the Celts came up with called green martyrdom. Hmm. Have you heard of that before? I have not. So red martyrdom is what we would think of as, as being a martyr, dying for your faith. Yep. White martyrdom is something where basically you, you renounce comforts for the sake of the gospel. This is what monks and nuns do, right? They're going to mm-hmm. renounce worldly possessions for the sake of the gospel. Green martyrdom is a life of pilgrimage and a life of penance mm. and a life of reverence. And the idea being basically green martyrs is something that that the Celts came up with, uh, and they would call they were called um, peregrinati was like a, a version of this green martyrdom, which basically mm. means perpetual pilgrims. Interesting. So the idea, the old prof uh, Jim Houston used to talk about blue martyrdom. Oh, really? Yeah, like living in this world. Oh, but sure. Not of it, the kind of thing. Yeah, I wonder if he got that from this. Uh, he might might have because he. I remember him talking about Brendan, and I remember him talking about a lot of these. Uh, old um saints and uh, particularly the patristics but then that's not this isn't too long after that yeah so So it was it was this idea of like this perpetual wandering um not much money kind of like jesus sending out the 72 and like don't don't take any extra food or extra tunic Hmm. uh this idea of reverence which we see in brendan just journeying and, and and having reverence for the places that they uh, see God moving, and uh, this this idea of like I'm a, I'm a stranger, I'm a pilgrim in this world, uh, and Brendan is an early example of this green martyrdom, peregrinati kind of Celtic style of following Jesus. Hmm. It's, uh, and I think he's sort of the patron saint of all the the restless believers. Interesting, the wandering believers. Uh, in fact. Uh, that's just my version of what he's the patron saint of. Quite literally, he is the patron saint in the uh, the Saint Catholic Saint calendar. Uh, this he's the patron saint of sailors, obviously, and uh, the U.S. Navy. No kidding. Yeah, isn't that funny? They still they still uh, kind of uh, claim that. I guess. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Um, and so uh, Brendan does this famous journey, comes back home. The remarkable thing is, whatever happened on this journey, he went on a seven year journey yeah. and came back alive. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. In, in the mid 500s. Yeah. With stories to tell about this journey on the sea. Oh, my word. Um, he died in 575 at over 90 years old, which oh, is crazy word. for that time. And his body was buried at Clonefort. where his, his tough old, dude. Right? His old abbey, Clonefort, is where he requested his body be buried. But... He was so famous and so revered by this time that it was feared that uh, relic hunters would would just try to take his bones. Oh my! So he asked to be buried at Clonefort, and his body was secretly transported there in a luggage cart. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, they had to secretly bury him. Wow! I bet yeah. their movie could be made of that, right? Yeah, I think this guy in general deserves a movie to be made of his life. Absolutely. And I, I think it's just a good example. I love this idea. Um, you know, he. Um, if he just kind of recklessly was, oh, I'm gonna, one day I'm going to go sailing, just one day I'm going to go sailing, I'm not going to come back. We yeah. would think, look at him and think, what a reckless guy. Right. But he spends years praying and seeking the will of God, and then he uh, spends 40 days fasting after they're ready to go and praying, and they and he, he clearly has this sense of, I'm going uh, without a plan, but trusting that God has a plan and being willing to let the the Holy Spirit guide mm. me through this. In fact, um, you know, the, the Celts, do you know what their image for the Holy Spirit was? No. It was the wild goose. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And the chapter in the, that where I read the cold open, the chapter in this Michael Mitten book that I'll talk about in books and stuff, yeah. um, is titled the wild, the, that about, that's about Brandon. Brandon, it's, titled the wild goose because there's this idea of like he's just following the wild goose wherever cool. the wild goose may go so i think it's a good example for us today of uh who like to plan things out pretty meticulously and like to be mm-hmm. in control that um there's amazing things that can happen when we intentionally surrender control and right. allow the holy spirit to lead us to unexpected places ah, that's good that's really good so i suppose it's that time <laughs> <laughs> which time Books and stuff. Books and stuff. All right. I'm be- you already said you got a book. I got two books. Okay. I yeah. got nothing. Okay. Well, is there is... like a movie or something of this? Like, I... can you look this stuff? Uh, some. I don't know if there's a movie. There's. I mean, be. even a documentary or some kind. There's got to be like a YouTube video, but I don't know. Okay, I'll have yeah. to check that out. Um, so, restoring the woven cord is the book I mentioned by Michael Mitten. The subtitle mm-hmm. is "Strands of Celtic Christianity for the Church Today," and which happened to be your. Christmas yeah. book to all of us. It's sitting right there. Yeah, you have a copy of this book. That's because right. Because this was my book of the year. Every year I do a book of the year. Favorite yes. book I read over yeah. the past year. Yeah. Um, this is not a new book, but it's my favorite book I read in 2022. So I, I always for... check out Christianity Today, uh, Books of the Year, and New York Times, and Ben. Yeah, well, you have yeah. you are forced to check out Ben's book of the year because no, I give no. it to everyone for no, Christmas. No, no. They're always good. Uh, kind of leading me down some other trails, too. Yeah, uh, this is a great book. I highly recommend it. There's a chapter on Brendan, but there's a chapter, every chapter highlights a different saint. Hmm. So, interesting. Uh, this this is a great, great book to pick up and learn a little bit. And right. uh, I would also like to recommend another book. Um, Frederick Beekner, famous huh. writer, yeah. has a novel called Brendan. About this guy? It's a, it's a novel of his life. Yep. Interesting. I it's didn't know that either. brilliantly written. It's the first place I ever encountered this saint. Hmm. And uh, absolutely wonderfully written. And it, it's about his life, but primarily about this seven-year journey. Wow. Yeah. Very That'd be much fascinating. Worth, very much worth uh, checking out. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, that that's a perfect uh, thing to uh, be at a ra- on the wrap. At the, I, don't, I was I trying don't, to think of what article wrap, to go wrap, with. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a wrap. I think that is a wrap. Yeah. So we'll be going now. <laughs>